The following podcast is a member of the Pokecasters Network. Pokecasters Network, supporting Pokemon content creators, their shows, and the community of Pokemon fans. To find out more, check out pokecastersnetwork.com or find us on Twitter and Facebook. Hello, and welcome to Lucas Lectures, hosted by the big fish himself, veteran Lucas. Sit back, relax, and enjoy today's topic. Hello, everybody. Welcome back to another episode of Lucas Lectures. It's me, Veteran Lucas. Hope you guys are having a fantastic day or night because, man, is it good to be home. I have been in the United States now. Some of us are recording about a week. And honestly, I got to say, there are things you really do miss about the United States, like reasonable cheese prices. Though I got to say, did not expect to see the stupid high gas prices and the Teslas everywhere. That was, um, both of those were a surprise. One of them, Really not one I wanted when I'm about to move to Charleston. Anywho, on today's episode, I decided we should start talking about Generation 9. As much as I don't want to leave Legends behind because it's such a milestone of the Pokemon series, we gotta start talking about it because despite all the art and all the speculation videos and the guesswork,s on the new mechanics, we really don't know much. But what we do have is enough to have at least one or two podcasts on to be honest uh generation 8 dropped a heck of a lot more information than this game ever did in its first trailer by the first trailer of generation 8 we knew the region name we had the starters as well we were able to do a lot more speculation today i kind of wanted to talk about what we do know because the one thing we do know aside from the starters is that it's going to take place on the iberian peninsula the iberian peninsula is basically where spain and portugal are Today, I wanted to talk about the history of that peninsula because that whole area has been a revolving door of culture and leaders and people who've taken it and controlled it and kicked other people out. We have a really large cultural and historical base to draw from with this new generation, whereas Alola gave us a huge biodiversity to draw from. So today, we're going to talk about four different historical and cultural periods in the history of Spain and Portugal in that area, and which each section, I'll try and brainstorm some Pokemon we could see from it. Uh, normally, I would do with this with wildlife, but if you go ahead and Google Iberian Peninsula wildlife, you'll find that it's relatively tame in comparison to some of the other parts of the world. Not to say that it's bad, it's just you're not going to see super crazy animals like something like Hawaii or Japan. It's just going to be oh, we have a few snakes and uh, deer, and uh, we used to have bears until we hunted them, like that sort of thing. So anyway, let's get started with the first period I really hope they cover in this game, the Roman occupation. Uh, The culture of the Iberian people that we know today was largely shaped by their relationship between trade with the Greeks and the occupation of the Romans. The Iberian language literally went extinct almost 2,000 years ago and was replaced with Latin due to the occupation and the cultural exchange of Rome. They absorbed all of this culture from the Greeks and the Romans like a sponge, and it pretty much scrubbed away their own very, very quickly. Uh, That's not to say that it all went willingly uh, under the leadership of Rome. uh, Many Many tribes sided against them in a plethora of wars over the decades, uh, the big one being the Second Punic War. Eventually, the area was brought to kneel like so many others, and we see that it was actually used as a training ground for the group of Roman soldiers for future conflict. So what can you do with all of that? Well, 
we already have Roman occupation, to be honest. We had Phalanx and Kapurja, which represent some of the invading soldiers and elephants that were brought in to bring the British Isle down. But this also leaves room for Carthage. During the Second Punic War, Carthage was the one who did battle against the Romans, and they were in a unique warrior culture, consisted of my man, the great general, Hannibal. If you don't know who Hannibal is, he is famous for two things militarily. Number one, he's famous for crossing elephants over the Alps. Number two, he is famous for having taken a smaller force and surrounding a larger force. To pull off a Hannibal in a military-style game or reality is one of the highest achievements you can do on the battlefield. Now, if I am thinking of, okay, we are in Iberia, I kind of want to go that Hannibal route. One of his most famous moves being the elephants, Let's go ahead and let's bring in a regional variant of Donovan. Instead of having Copperdale, let's go ahead and use Donovan, but give him something that helps him out with the icy conditions. Give him spikes on his back. Give him a ground ice typing that allows him to climb the rugged terrain a lot better. Although, historically speaking, most of those elephants died because, to be honest, you really do not want to be riding elephants into battle. They are easily stressed. Also, if you're going to go regional variants, I also think Honedge would be really cool. It would match up. You can give the curved swords of Carthage, get the shield of Carthage. Go ahead and give it a fighting type back around and, you know, maybe not make it a horrifying cultural stealing monster that propagates its own government. You know, just a thought. There's a lot you can do with Roman occupation of Iberia because this is where Iberia really got its start as a culture. This is where the culture we think of Spain and Portugal actually took off, way more so than before they actually showed. Now, this second one is one you don't really hear people talking about as much, and you really should because of how long it lasted. We need to talk about the Muslim occupation of the Iberian Peninsula. After the Romans fell, uh, the Germanic kingdoms and the Byzantines took over, but I really do care more about the Muslims when they did. When they took over the peninsula, it started around 711 AD and did not fully stop. Like, they weren't completely wiped out until 1492. They had grips on the peninsula for over half a millennia, and we barely talk about it. It's something like, why would we not talk about it? For starters, they didn't even call it Spain back then, or Hispania. They called it Al-Andalus, and this area was controlled by the Moors. The Moors is just a common name for all the different Muslim groups that took over. There were many Muslims, such as the Arabs, but there were other groups as well. They brought with them a system where they were the ones on top of the social system, and then there were those like the Christians and the Jews who were below them. Now, there is a lot of debate as to whether how tolerant the Muslims were of the Christians and the Jews. Uh, for example, there were positions that were only held by Jewish people, but there were also records of them being treated very poorly. Uh, again, it's, it's a debate that goes back and forth. Maybe some were treated better than that. The point is, there was a system in place. The Muslims were definitely on top. How they treated everybody in the bottom? Meh, we don't really know. On the bright side, they did create what is renowned and today as one of the greatest hubs of cultural and intellectual thinking in Western Europe. And the effects of it are still felt today. 
there was a massive population explosion as well. Without the Muslim Empire, we would not have the Spain we know today. I mean, they eventually lost control of it as the years went by, and they lost control inside. There's always infighting. There's all kinds of crazy history about this. You definitely should take a chance to read. The history of the Moors is amazing to learn about. But this Muslim capital, this cultural jewel in Europe, survived the bubonic plague and helped bring about the renaissance so this whole cultural area was able to bring people out of those dark ages for a time it's a beautiful piece of history if you get a chance to read about it now what can we expect from that region in pokemon now this is honestly our chance to have some muslim culture placed in the games we see so many other religions represented but i think islam gets left behind despite being one of the largest religions on earth. I believe it's in second place next to Christianity, although it might have overtaken it as first. I still have to check. Uh, I want to see some new Pokemon representing some of the art that was created by the Moors. Uh, I think they should also, if you're going to try and bring about different new Pokemon ideas, uh, if you're trying to go with food ones like they always do, go with orange. Let's talk about silk. Let's talk about figs. And not to mention, they literally brought in mathematics and literature. This was some major cultural hub and you're telling me that we're not going to get any muslim pokemon i do not think so now granted in islam and culture there are some that feel that certain artwork and depictions are not always welcome there's still so many pieces of art and mythology that can be used and turned into pokemon i would love to see that expressed in the game i mean come on they ruled over half a millennia and we barely talk about how influential they were we i mean if we're not going to do it in a history class, the least we can do is plop them in a Pokemon game. Now, this next section, um, this one hits home for me because it is the Age of Conquest. This was right after the Moors got kicked out. Once the Christian kingdoms took over, they started to uh, kind of get back at the Muslims for keeping them on the lower end with a reign of fear and death. We have the Inquisitions. We have the expulsions of the Jews. We have so many crimes against people that did not deserve it and the spanish inquisition today is famously known for, for its brutality and cruelty it, no christian worth their salt denies how bad it got it was horrifying but it also started the focus on trade this is when spain went out and started conquering the world christopher columbus did not discover a new world, but he did discover a new source of wealth for the Spanish. And, oh boy, did that wealth help. The gold and silver that was eventually mined from the Americas made Spain disgustingly rich. And that wealth was pumped into the military as well as the country as a whole and elevated Spain into a military superpower. It was the crown jewel of Europe to be able to produce not just fire and death, but also have the money to back cultural projects and weird little assignments. The whole reason Columbus was able to go out and explore was because the Spanish had enough money to be like, eh, that one wackadoo thinks the earth's smaller than he is. That's wrong, but whatever. We can send him off to die with three of our ships. Have fun. That only reason he survived was an accident, but that accident was enough to set the world as we know it going. Now, this age did eventually fall apart once Napoleon took over around the early 1800s and many of the colonies started declaring independence. But this age of conquest means so much to me in part because this is where my family made their way to the new world. My family 
were merchants from Portugal on one side, and they were Spanish aristocrats on the other. So I descend from some pretty terrifying folks, but I think that history actually connecting to me is what I've always wanted to see in Pokemon. Obviously, we all want to feel that connection, that representation in the games. And now it's my turn. Eee! Uh, I do also want to mention that for a time, the Spanish Navy was so disgustingly terrifying that it led the British Empire paying people to attack their vessels in the New World, essentially creating the pirates we know and glorify today. So without Spain, there is no Pirates of the Caribbean, and I know that some people think that's worthy enough to keep them around. Now, what can we expect from this one? Well, there's so much we can do with this. Honestly, if I were to put a new ghost type, it would be from this area. I would put in some kind of ghost representing the Inquisition. I want to see a ghost where either it's a grim specter that chases you around trying to make you repent for crimes you didn't commit, or I want to see some sort of spiteful ghost who was punished for its crimes that it didn't commit. Granted, we already have Zorok, and it's a Hisui form for that last one, but I still want to see something like that. Oh, I would love to see a Conquistador. Phalanx. And that isn't out of the question either. I think Phalanx would make a lovely little conquistador. Instead of having little spears, he has this little hat and he has axes and goes chasing after gold. That would be fantastically terrifying. Uh, if we wanted to see a Pokemon based on chocolate or any Aztec or Incan culture, this would also be pretty good. A uh, fun fact, the explorations that were done into this area also are what brought the potato to Europe. Everyone always associates potatoes with Ireland and Russia, but potatoes were from the New World. They were taken from the Incans, and then they turned out to be a superfood that could grow anywhere. So if we wanted to add a potato Pokemon, we could do that too. I don't know why I'm so focused on the food Pokemon. Maybe the last episode kind of had me on it. Also, I'm just hungry. I should never record these things before dinner. Anywho. Uh, if we wanted to see any of these Pokemon based on the regions that they took over, uh, the Philippines isn't even out of the question either. Uh, Spain controlled so many countries around the world. This is an opportunity to see animals and cultures that might not get their own region for a long time or may never get their own regions at all due to just how small they are and how little Japan actually cares about them. There's so much potential just from how much exploitation that Spain did over time. Now, this last section, I didn't really want to give a date and time to because I, I was going to call it the modern day. But when you look into Spain's history, it gets pretty rough. In the last 100 years alone, the politics of Spain has led to multiple changes in government, including some pretty terrifying coups. Uh, from 1939 to 1975, hundreds of thousands of people were killed under the regime of Francisco Fancon. Uh, so this whole chapter of Spain, pretty terrifying to go through for uh, like a kid's game. Like, the going through the political upheaval of this time period is way too close to home. And if you've seen Nintendo's reaction to real-world conflict, like when they, you know, pulled Advance Wars the remake over what's going on in Ukraine, still think that was a not the best choice. Uh, they're, they're probably not going to cover that. But instead, I kind of want to cover, like, the modern art that came from Spain from this time period. Uh, there are so many artists and festivals and architects that came from Spain and two of my favorite ones came in the 18 and 1900s and that would be Salvador Dali and Pablo Picasso. Pablo Picasso is very well known in Japan. Lots of his work is still sold there. Uh, they teach about him in school. They teach about Salvador Dali in school there as well so there's no way that they would not know about him. I think having two of the most famous artists in the world coming from this country, they should be represented either by crazy gym leaders or by new Pokemon. Uh, I also, we should look at some of the architectural work because we've already seen it. I'm going to mess up this name. Antoni Gaudi. Uh, Gaudi. There we go. He, we've already seen his work. 
that big Pokemon giant church structure we see in the trailer, that's based on his church, the Sagrada Familia. That's his still unfinished church that is being built in Spain. It's still there. And it's amazing to see that they just threw that right in the trailer for us. Uh, obviously, there are things like the running of the bulls. There are matadors. La Tomatina. If you don't know what La Tomatina is, it's basically a giant food fight with tomatoes. It's awesome. There's so many little cultural things we can add that don't really need a historical tie. They're just awesome. If we're going to do something with this region, like I said, we should probably encourage the artists. And for that, we need to bring back Smeargle. Now, before... You freak out. Let, let's talk to some of the newbies here. If you don't know who Smeargle is, Smeargle is the dog Pokemon kind of based off a of Beagle. His ability is to, well, his abilities and what's amazing, it's his attack sketch, which let him copy and keep just about any move he wants. It led to some amazing combinations. You did not want to run up against the Smeargle because it could run all kinds of different moves. It could run Spore or Dark Void. It could run fissure it can run any move it wanted so long as it's seen it once i think it's time to bring this dog back into the ring there's a whole lot of new moves to copy if you can't stop one dog with a paintbrush then honestly you're not building your team right for new pokemon again take inspiration from dolly or picasso if we're going to have like some surreal or abstract pokemon that would be so cool i would love to see a pokemon that like tries to copy people's faces but does it really badly and that's like based on picasso or i'd love to see one that like warps your mind and makes you like see things bending and melting oh that would be a great one for a dolly his there's a great museum for salvador dolly in st petersburg florida beautiful pieces of art largest collection in north america fantastic stuff now a lot of people have been pointing out things like uh, matadors and honestly, Matadors would definitely be on the list if it wasn't for the extreme amount of animal cruelty that goes into bullfighting. And honestly, Japan usually doesn't care about that kind of controversy, but cruelty to animals might be a bit too much even for them. So they might have to fiddle with it. And if we're going to fiddle with it, I say go with the regional variant of Tauros. I think that would be really cool because uh, like Sharpedo, you could say in the past it was horribly beaten and used for cruel sport. Now it's tougher than any other Taurus out there, and it will charge at anything red. Like, that sort of thing. Like, have it in the past there was cruelty, but now it is taken care of. Also, again, for food, if you're going to add a tomato Pokemon, you can have it. You can have it where it likes to be thrown at people or enjoy I mean, we already have a Pokemon that likes being shot out of its older, like, self's cannons with Dragapult. There's plenty of room to work with with these Pokemon. There is so much culture. There's so much that can be done with Spain, and I really, really, really hope Pokemon at least borrows one idea from this, or I've at least stumbled on one idea they have. I really hope we can see not just some amazing animals, but some amazing culture. This is a culture that ties to my own, and I'm so excited to see what Pokemon does with it. And I know that so many Spanish speakers are, go on Spanish Twitter. If you guys have never been on Spanish Twitter, they lost it when they saw this. There were people posting like crazy about how excited they were. This is my favorite part of a new region. It's not just the starters or yelling at the grass type to stay on its four feet. It's the fact that so many people find connection to these games now. That so many people can say, yo, that's me being represented there. And I love it. I hope you guys get a chance to enjoy this game when it comes out. We'll definitely keep covering it. Hope you guys have a fantastic listening. It's so good to be back in the United States. 
I might not be in the next episode because I'll be currently moving and moving things around. I won't know where the microphone is and kind of freak out. But I'll definitely be trying to get on more episodes with the guys. Thank you so much for coming. Have a wonderful rest of your day or night. We'll see you guys in the next one. Peace!